I'm Ricky. I have bipolar. This is my podcast. Hi. Uh, I haven't done a podcast in a couple months. Uh, I took some time off. I had recorded a couple episodes, but Anchor wasn't listening and I wasn't able to post. So uh, I ended up losing those podcasts. I don't have them. I did two of them that uh, I wanted to post but didn't. After my last podcast, I had a really tough time. I started a medication for migraines that actually caused me to become suicidal and I could not handle it. So I checked into a hospital. I was in Brooklyn for 16 days this hospitalization was different than my other 10. Uh, so I actually put in the work. I didn't focus on when I was leaving and getting out of there. I actually, I said what I needed and I told them what kind of groups I needed and they were able to, about, they were able to do that for me. And uh, things have been a little different the last couple months. Uh, I had a good month and a half there where I wasn't suicidal. Um, they changed my medication and I was doing really well. And I'm still for the most part, not suicidal, at least mostly. I still have my moments, but it happens. But I haven't had a manic episode or a depressive episode for months now. I had been when I started this podcast in a manic episode. Uh, I had been in a manic episode for about seven, eight months altogether before I was hospitalized. And I hadn't realized just how bad it was until I came down. Um, during that time period, everything with Brandon went down. We broke up. We got back together. We broke up again. It was rough. But I took time off from dating and I took time off from, well, most things. I mean, I just, I saw friends, I did my work, I started working more hours and I really focused on feeling better and doing better. And when I was ready, I started dating again and I met someone. Uh, he's really, really nice. Uh, I don't know if he's comfortable with me sharing his name right now or being mentioned on the podcast. So I'm just going to call him Puppy. Uh, there's an age difference. He's about five years younger than I am. I'm 27 now. I had a birthday. So that's not so bad. I mean, he's over 21 and all good. But I think the biggest thing it's different is that, well, not biggest thing, because the biggest thing is that I'm feeling better and I'm not living in the grief. But I didn't think I would feel that spark again with someone and I didn't think I would feel love again. Not like I did. And I started realizing behaviors from my ex that weren't okay. I noticed that 
I was scared a lot of the time. And not scared in general, but scared of him. And I had been treated as if spending time with me was a chore. And that I wasn't worth it. And now, honestly, I'm worried because I'm spending Thursday through Saturday with my friend, uh, boyfriend, that I'm scared he's not going to want to see me after that. And that's because of the way my ex treated me. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that I'm not ready to get into. But... It's, it's been an intense couple months. So, get ready. Uh, I want to talk about some of the stuff from the hospital. And I know it was a couple months ago now. But when I needed help, I reached out for it. And that was incredibly scary for me because it's not something that just comes naturally to me. Naturally, I want to close off, I want to seclude myself, and I want to hurt myself. I want to cut or burn or eat something that's going to hurt my mouth. But I reached out to my dad, and this is after uh, my psychiatrist and uh, my mental health, uh, not my mental, my uh, GP had been trying to get me to go to a hospital. But I reached out to my dad and I said, I think I need to. And he said, okay. And he picked me up and drove me to a hospital. He couldn't come in with me because COVID restrictions. But I was in the hospital and they refused me my meds. And then I didn't, because they didn't have them in the hospital, I didn't have my antipsychotic for days, even though I brought it with me and it was labeled. And I didn't have my uh, medication for the endometriosis for days and, uh, things were pretty bad, but I got into the hospital and after a day or so of anxiety about being around men, I started being okay. And I met some people, I made some friends, uh, we talked and I ended up meeting some really nice people and two people who I still talk to. Uh, David, who he keeps me in laughter. He's, I don't know if he's intentionally being funny, but he is. And Tom, who I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but when I talk to him, it's like, It's like before I talk to him, I don't want to talk to anyone and I debate canceling. And then as soon as I talk to him, we're on Skype or not Skype, uh, Zoom for like three, like two, three hours. And we just keep talking. And he came up for my birthday from where he lives, which is over an hour away. And we watched Twilight and he's like not a huge fan, but he would watch the next one. So we're going to watch the next one. And he, he makes my soul happy. And I say that in the corniest fucking way possible. He makes my soul really happy. He's a really good friend. And we bonded over cannibalism. And the fact that he was impressed that I know how much organs go for on the black market. 
that's another story though. But I went and I met these people and I met only met Tom at the end and Courtney. I haven't talked to her in a little bit, but we still text sometimes. But the nurses and techs, some of them were extremely helpful. Harry was a nurse that while I was really freaking out, was able to get me the help that I needed. And um, I can't think of his name now at the moment, but there was one tech or one nurse who was extremely helpful. And I'm sorry, I cannot remember his name. Who was on top of it with my meds and he made sure that I got like I brought in my creams for the rosacea and all that. And he made sure that I got everything and that uh, everything was like, so I kept track even while I was in the hospital of when everything was. Um, and that I could take my night meds early while still not taking my saffris until right before I went to bed. So Tom, his name was also Tom, I think. I might be wrong. Um, also, Dan, who is a tech, was really helpful. But then there was other techs who didn't want to spend the time helping you, didn't want to make sure you were okay. They just wanted to do the job and get home instead of actually helping people, uh, which was rough. My social worker, for the most part, was not helpful. Uh, she had her own things going on, um, I'm sure, and she was always busy with other patients. And like I had a discharge date and she wouldn't, she didn't call any uh, DBT places until like the day before I left, which I guess may be protocol, but she kept saying she was trying and she didn't until I was in her office the day before. So I didn't end up at a DBT place. But she said one thing that was helpful, which is, well, it's two things, but they go together, which is the one where you have to, with borderline personality disorder, which I also have, you have to learn how to praise yourself and take care of yourself instead of looking for praise from outside sources. And I've really been working on that and that's been good. The other thing that she said, and this is the big thing that's been helping me, is to talk to myself like I'm that little girl, like I'm little Ricky, who used to be, five-year-old me. And five-year-old me was adorable. She wanted to be a princess, but you know, what little kid doesn't? She also wanted to be an actress. But you wouldn't say such horrible things that you say to yourself to a little kid. So when I'm being mean to myself, I imagine little me being told that from someone else and crying. And it helps me say, okay, maybe not that much, damn. <laughs> you know, take that step back and be like, okay, you know what? No, I'm trying the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. And even if my best that day is not the same as the best the next day, I'm trying the best that I can. So my happy place. So I have two that I want to share, but the first is just uh, 
we were at uh, Poppy's house or his apartment and uh, his roommate was in his room. So we were hanging out on the roommate's bed in the living room and we were making out, but then we stopped and we were just talking and cuddling and we were talking about firsts and we were talking about favorites and how we feel about things. And we were just really getting to know each other and we've only been together a short amount of time, but we're really getting to know each other. And that was my first happy place. But my second is, you know, I, I usually try to save these and only do one at a time, but this one's big. And I have a feeling my next podcast, I'm going to have another. But uh, we went into his room, Poppy's room later, and we started kissing and then we were moving back and forth and I put music on and we started dancing and we were slow dancing. And at one point he spun me out and pulled me back into him and we were just dancing. And I don't remember what the song is or was rather, but that is my happy place in his arms dancing. Which is corny as fuck, but it's how I feel. And it's what it was. I normally write out a, not a script, but like a list of what I want to cover in this. And I'm not really sure why I didn't do that before this time. But I think I just kind of wanted to talk and be heard. Uh, I passed a couple weeks ago what would have been my due date or a year after my due date so what would have been Charlie's first birthday and I had a rough time but I got really stoned you know as I do and I missed her but I felt really guilty and not guilty about what happened but guilty because I felt happy, not happy that she wasn't here, but happy with the life that I'm living. Puppy was away with his family and we weren't official yet, but that was, after our first date, I couldn't stop thinking about him, but after our second date, I knew I felt something strong for him. And he apparently felt the same. He told me how he felt on our third date. But it took me a minute. With my ex, he told me he loved me on like the third or fourth date also. But even though a little bit later, like a week or two later, I said, I lesbians you, which meant the same thing. I just couldn't say the words. It took me three months to tell my ex that I loved him. But 
This time it took 12 hours. 12 hours from the time he told me he loved me to me telling him that I loved him. And I don't know if it was just because I felt safe, but I really felt loved. And I think that made it more comfortable for me to be able to tell him. Hopefully one day he will come on the show and he will tell you all about it or about anything else because I would love to have him on and I would love to hear what he has to say. Just in general, I love listening to him talk. He doesn't talk much, but when he does, it's fantastic. I am so fucking in love. It's ridiculous. I spent a while comparing him, not him himself, but how I felt about him and everything to my last relationship. And I think that's only natural because that's what I know. But I think it only made me realize just how bad things were for. I think the biggest difference is that I feel respected with Puppy. Notice I'm saying puppy, not poppy, like a young dog not or wolf, not like daddy, because that's creepy. I didn't feel respected in my last relationship. I felt safe and secure, but that went away over time and it got worse and felt scared, which I mentioned. But... I didn't feel respected, but I feel loved and respected just for being me and just as a human. I talked to my ex. Uh, I was cat sitting for the world's most adorable cats. Seriously, I didn't like cats before this and now I love cats. Um, but I was cat sitting and the cat was playing with my phone while I was on lunch break. So I was doing other things and the cat was playing on my phone and the cat called my ex. And I know what you're thinking. I should have deleted his number and gotten rid of the texts, but we talked about staying friends. Although I don't know how I can stay friends with someone who did to me all he did. It was very dangerous to be with him. And now he's dating someone else. And I'm just hoping that that person is safe. But we talked and he moved on. And at first it hurt that he moved on so fast and that he had a new someone. This is before me and Puppy were serious. And... It hurt. I'm not going to say it didn't because I felt replaced. But then I posted on Whisper about it, that it was easier to imagine him alone in his basement. And well, 
Someone asked me if I wanted him back, and without thinking, I said, good God, no. And then I realized that I don't feel bad because he moved on, per se. I feel bad for that girl. It's not about him. And it was never about him. It, I guess, was about me. Because my entire relationship was about him. I made my life about him. I made everything revolve around him. I wanted to give up my idea of having kids and a home and a life and marriage because that's not what he wanted when it's always been what I've wanted. I talked to him once more. I haven't told anyone about it, but I'm telling you guys now. On the anniversary of losing, oh, not the anniversary of losing her, but the anniversary of what would have been her first birthday. Um, we talked and he told me, in fact, that he is not over losing her. When our entire, an entire year after losing her, he left me alone in grief. He made me go through losing her and experiencing all this basically alone where he was just gone. And now he says he's not over it. And I wanted to say in the moment that like, I'm here for you. And then if you want to, if you need to talk, I'm here. However, I didn't because I knew that if I had said that, if I had let myself say that and let myself think that he could come talk to me if he wanted to, I would be opening a door that I need to stay closed for my own safety. But I wrote this poem, which is the last thing I'm going to share for today before I end the podcast, which is called Prayer for the Man You Could Be One Day. To the boy who broke my heart, I want to wish you pain and agony. I want to wish you suffering. But I think the very thing you destroyed is why I can't. My love for you, although gone, stops me from wishing you all the bad in the world. I wish you'd grow up, not to come back to me. That's the last thing I want. But I wish you'd grow into the man I know you could be one. You could be. I wish you'd change so no other woman, no other women get hurt the way you hurt me. I wish you realize what you've done, not to apologize. I don't need that just so you never do it again. I wish you never scared another woman like you terrified me. These are just wishes. Let them be a prayer to whoever is listening. I wanna wish you peace, but I don't think I have that in me either. May the world keep you safe, but 
far away from me. Amen. That's it for the poem. And I guess the last thing I'll say is that I hope all of you have some peace too. I hope it's been an okay few months. I hope I'm back now. I think I might be. Okay. Bye, everyone.